Lecture topic. December danger. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من تمسك بسنتي عند فساد امتي فله اجر 100 شهيد او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters allah taala has given us the solution to every problem and the reality that every mu'min understands very well and has firm faith in complete conviction in that the solution can come only from allah taala only allah taala is the provider of the solution and nothing can happen without his help without his decision his will So if you are looking for a solution to some problem whether it is an individual problem whether it is a problem that's affecting somebody's household it's a problem in a community or whether it's an international problem the solution can only come from one source and the solution is only from Allah Taala Allah Taala has spelt out the process for acquiring the solution because the solution comes from him alone so allah taala is the provider of the solution allah has given us the prescription of how to acquire the solution and no matter whether it's one small problem or the biggest problem that we can imagine the process and the prescription is the same so as mu'minin as believers as people of iman as those who have faith and conviction that the quran sharif is the word of allah taala and it is beyond any shadow of doubt there isn't doubt in a single letter of the quran sharif in the quran sharif itself allah taala presents the challenge that if this quran sharif is not from allah taala that the challenge is that bring one ayat one ayat similar to the quran sharif one ayat that can match the quran sharif if anybody can manufacture it anybody can make it up then they can have something to say but from the time that the quran sharif was revealed to this day and not that efforts were not made to try and meet this challenge it was a failed try from the word go but people still thought perhaps they can try there are incidents recorded that people who had paid very huge sums of money people who were very uh, great sort of had a great expertise in the arabic language they were paid a lot to now put together one ayat one verse that will match the literary excellence of the quran sharif and that can be in some way presented as a comparison to the quran sharif so one such person was given this task 
and he said, okay, give me some time. And after some good amount of time passed, he still came back with no, nothing, nobody heard anything from him. So one day they went to visit him. As a group, went to visit him at his, wherever his workplace was, his office or his home, whatever it might have been. So eventually they were led into the room where he was busy, so to say, working. When they got there, now this was not the time of computers, everything was done by hand. So they found a whole lot, the whole place was filled with crumpled paper, small, small, one page, half a page, crumpled and thrown. So what's going on here? So he says, I have been at it for so long, and every time I wrote something, my own heart testified this can't come anywhere close to the Quran. I crumpled it and threw it and started the next one, and then the next one, and I still have come not one dot closer to trying to do anything like this. This is an impossible task you have given me. There's no way I can do it. So even Allah Ta'ala made this happen, that people who, who claim to be very big experts in Arabic, had no Iman, but were very ex- big experts in Arabic, who thought they could try and meet the challenge, but they failed miserably. And the challenge of the Quran Sharif will stand till Qiyamah. Nobody will ever be able to fulfill or come anywhere close to doing one, one bit of it. So now when this is the reality of the Qur'an Sharif, this is how perfect it is, this is the word of Allah Ta'ala. So if we who have Iman don't have that full conviction in it, what a tremendous loss we are bringing upon ourselves. That we have something that is perfect and there cannot be a shadow of doubt in it. And yet we still don't feel that motivation to adopt what the Qur'an Sharif is saying to us. Then indeed this is a very very great loss. So obviously every mu'min should have his whole heart and soul in whatever the Qur'an Sharif has prescribed. Now we all have challenges, problems, issues. Sometimes it's on a small scale, sometimes on a big scale. Somebody has issues of their own personal nature, sometimes it's issues with children, with spouses, issues in the home, with families, and what not goes on, financial issues, there are issues in the community, and then there are world issues. So now all these issues, the prescription Allah Ta'ala is giving us, is one. And the prescription is in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ That the one who adopts taqwa, اللَّهِ One who adopts the fear of Allah Ta'ala, the fear of displeasing Allah Ta'ala. The one who lives the life of taqwa, what is the essence of this taqwa? The person who adopts taqwa, the essence of it is that the person now does not get into the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. As insan, sometimes a person can slip up, but the person does ne- never remains fallen in the gutter. If there's a slip somewhere, immediately the sincere toba made, there's tears of repentance that are shed, there's a lot of istighfar, there's remorse and regret in the heart. It does not mean that if a person has committed themselves to walk carefully and never fall, that it becomes impossible to slip. It can slip somewhere. But the person who slips doesn't remain fallen. 
without delay, they immediately wake up and make an even firmer commitment, a renewed commitment, that this is something I can't afford again, I'm going to walk even more carefully in future. I'm going to avoid all these puddles. I'm going to avoid any sandy place because it can be slippery. So now all those things are all worked out for the future that where I have to now avoid walking, how I have to avoid placing my foot on something that is loose because that can result in a slip. So the person doesn't remain fallen but doesn't mean that it becomes impossible to fall. So likewise, the Tawbah does not mean that a person will become immune to sin. But if a person is genuine and sincere and takes the necessary steps to keep steadfast on the Tawbah, then Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for the person to adopt the Taqwa and stay on Taqwa. So now in this ayat Allah Ta'ala is saying, Those who adopt Taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will make a way out for them from every problem. Allah will give them a solution to every problem, to every issue. The Quran Sharif is not making any exclusions here. That look, Allah Ta'ala can solve your personal problem, or maybe the family problem, but Allah Ta'ala na'uzubillah, summa na'uzubillah, can't solve the community problem for you, or can't solve the international problem. Allah Ta'ala is the creator, Allah has full control, Allah has complete qudrat over everything, but Allah Ta'ala has placed a system for us in dunya. And dunya is darul asbab, dunya is a place of means, the kind of manner a person adopts in dunya, that's the kind of reaction that come. In dunya, if a person is feeling thirsty, then he'll have to drink water to quench the thirst. He will drink water, he'll feel quenched. But he'll feel quenched with the permission of Allah Ta'ala. He'll feel quenched by the will of Allah Ta'ala. person is feeling hungry, he'll eat some food. The food is the means. Allah Ta'ala will provide that nourishment from the food. Likewise, the medicine, that's a means. Allah Ta'ala grants shifa. So we all understand this principle that if he wants to quench his thirst, he will have to drink something, drink some water, have something to quench the thirst which is known to serve that purpose. But now if he, instead of quenching the thirst with water, he tries to consume something else, he is trying to put some sand in his mouth to quench his thirst, what's going to be the outcome? Likewise, the person is feeling very hot, so now in order to cool himself, he lights a fire. You see, this person, something is wrong with him. He's feeling hot. He wants to cool himself. He's lighting a fire. What is the fire going to do? Allah Ta'ala has made that the world, the system of the world, that by the will of Allah Ta'ala, that fire burns, that fire gives heat, it's going to make it even more hotter. And if that fire catches something, it will set it alight. Now, unfortunately, this is what we... Un- get into so many times, we are trying to solve a problem, how we solve the problem, by doing things which Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, that's how we want to try and solve the problem. So rather than solve the problem, we are adding fuel to the fire. Things get worse, they get more severe, and then a person now is scratching his head that how do I, what, what's the way out of this? The way out is only one. The one who adopts taqwa, Allah will grant them a way out of every problem. 
on Sahabi Auf bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala an. He came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very very perturbed. And he came and presented a problem. Now, there was a problem, a very major problem. And the very major problem was that his son was abducted, kidnapped. So now this was a very major problem. And it just overwhelms one sometimes. So he presented this situation to Nabi Kareem sallallahu that this is what has happened. The mushrikeen came and abducted my son and they've disappeared with him. Now one response to this could have been that immediately some sahaba could have been gathered together and dispatched as an army, as a group to go and now search for him as a search party, make some inquiries, get some intelligence on the matter try to identify where he perhaps was taken and it's not something that was now these people just disappeared so there was no way for them to follow it up in that period of time also there were these expert trackers there were people who had such expertise in this these are recorded in the books of history and so on and even in the time of Nabi Kareem sometimes they would want to try and figure out Okay, this army that is perhaps coming, how far it may be. Obviously, it's an estimate. But now these people who had this talent and this expertise, they would be these kind of people that put their ear to the ground and say, no, they know we're not near. Or they'll put their ear to the ground and they may say there's about half a day's journey away. And it sounds like it's several hundred people riding. Now, we might wonder what's this all about, this sounds like something fairy tales but these things happened just to it's not the time to get into these details but just to digress a little bit to give some idea of this expertise and there's much to learn out of this in terms of where our mind goes to things, we think we are very very highly advanced we get so overawed with all the technology but Allah Ta'ala had blessed people with such expertise in things which we can't imagine. In the Hadith Sharif, there's a mention about the martyrdom of the uncle of Nabi Kareem Wasallam, Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala. The person who martyred him at that time was not a Muslim, he was among the mushrikeen at that time. Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala. Later on he accepted Islam, Nabi Kareem Wasallam sent message upon message to him inviting him towards deen despite the fact that Nabi Kareem was very very deeply affected by the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza and he was in fact emotional on this particular occasion which normally would not be seen but despite that he invited him towards deen so in any case later on Wahshi accepted Islam in the time of Nabi Kareem much later uh, he was staying in one, in Hims. This was one place in Sham. He was living there. So two other, one Sahabi and one Tabi'i, they were much young at that time. So now they were traveling somewhere. So they decided, you know what, Wahshir is living in this area. Why not go and ask him about the incident of the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala. After all, this happened at his, his hands. So let's go and hear it from him first hand. This was something that used to then inspire them towards Deen. 
that how people gave sacrifices for deen, etc. But now he was on the other side of it at that time. They decided to go and ask him. Now one of them was a person by the name of Nofal bin Adi bin, uh, uh, um, Adi bin Nofal. So what he did was, he covered, he was now covered from top and bottom. He had covered his face as well with his turban. So he took his turban and wrapped it around his face. All his eyes were visible. And only his feet were now visible. So his head was covered, his whole face covered, hands everything covered, and only his feet visible, and his eyes are visible. In any case, they came, and now Wahshir was seated in the shade of one house. So they came and sat there, uh, stood there by him, and now this person who was covered in this manner is asking Wahshir do you recognize me? I asked him, do you recognize me? Now, he's covered completely. One is now, we see somebody who we might have seen last, maybe a few years ago. So the person is standing in front of us. We're looking at the person and we can't think sometimes, who is this person? Here he's covered, how are you going to find out who is he? Completely covered. He's asking, can you remember me? Do you remember me? Can you recognize me? So he looks at him, there's nothing to look at besides his feet. So he looks at his feet, now just to get to the point without getting into all the details. So he says that this so-and-so uh, person in Makkah, his child was born. So this child was now a baby of a couple of days old. So now that was the standard thing at the time of the, in that time the Arab, they used to send their children out into the rural areas to be fostered in the rural area so that they will grow up in that environment and they would be much more healthier and then the pure Arabic language used to be spoken in the outskirts and the rural areas so as they grow up they will learn the pure Arabic language then when they would be two, three, four years old they'll come back to their parents in between there'll be some visits and so on so this is a very common thing so now this person is saying Wahshir is saying that so and so's child was born in Makkah and I helped the mother to go and find a foster mother for the child. So when that child had to be handed over, so I picked the child up from the mother and passed it on to the, oh, oh, whether it was, I picked the child and handed it over to the mother. So in other words, when I picked the child and handed it over to the mother, now how many days old child? Couple of days old, one week, two weeks at the most. The feet of that child seems like the same person here. Now this person might be 40 years old, 50 years old. Now where is the baby's feet compared to a grown person's feet? He is saying now that that's the time I saw this feet. Sometimes you might not recognize your own feet after this. So when he said that, so this person, he uncovered his face. Hazrat Wahshi was 100% on the dot. He saw these feet at the time when they were a few days old or a few weeks old at the most. And now, 40, 30, 40, 50 years later, he said, I can recognize these feet. So this was just a digression. The point was that they were all these people with great expertise. They could track things which we can't even imagine what they're seeing. Now coming back to the incident we were talking about of bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala So... When he said this to Nabi Karim sallallahu this was one of the ways in which this could have been responded to. Put together this army, get them to go and track down these people 
and whatever then has to be done, if you have to send a bigger army, reinforcements, all this could have been done, and there were many occasions when these kind of arrangements were put in place as well. There was some uh, threat from some quarters that people are putting together an army. The beast also dispatched Sahaba to go and take care of this threat. Tabuk was a similar situation. There was a threat of the Roman army coming in very big numbers. Nabi Karim Salaam took 30,000 Sahaba and went. So the point is that this was done as Bab and the means were adopted. But on this occasion, Nabi Salaam did not say any such thing. What did he say to him? He said to him, Ittaqillaha wasbir. First he said to him, Adopt taqwa and sabr. You'll find in the Quran Sharif in many places these two aspects mentioned side by side. The one who adopts taqwa and sabr. Allah Ta'ala will not allow the efforts of those who do good to go in vain. Taqwa and sabr. Taqwa and sabr. You'll find this over and over again in the Quran Sharif. The one who adopts taqwa, taqwa is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Giving up haram, giving up sin, avoiding anything that Allah is displeased with. So now the Sahaba, their level of taqwa, what we can imagine. Despite being on that level of taqwa, Nabi Karim Sassim is saying, adopt taqwa, meaning enhance that also. And if you are on taqwa, then you have nothing to worry about, Allah will provide the solution to you. So, so Nabi Sassim said to him, ittaqillah, adopt taqwa, and adopt sabr. Dunya is a place of challenge, it's a place of test. So the tests come, and in the test, if a person is patient, then the test becomes very easy. Allah opens a way forward and a person passes in that test. And after all, whatever it might be, the test of dunya is very limited. The time in dunya is very limited. We all are headed towards akhirat. We have no idea when. For many other things we say it's a matter of time. Our own situation is a matter of time. Our own time in dunya is a matter of time before it ends. And we've gone from dunya into akhirat. Allah knows best when our time comes up. But the time is now to really make the change. That time might be too late if we leave it for another time. The time is now to make the change. And to come on this taqwa and sabr. In this hadith, Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Adopt taqwa and adopt sabr. And then the third thing he said to him, وَأَكْثِرِ مِنْ قَوْلِ لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ And excessively recite, لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ So in any case, the Sahaba were not like us. They were not those who uh, did not take things fully to heart. Nabi Sallallahu said something to them. That was sufficient. He did not ask any further questions also. Okay, fine, I'm going to start doing this, but are you also going to start sending somebody out to go and look for them? Or what else are we going to do? No, nothing else. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu gave him a prescription. And Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi has given a prescription. So now what else to look for? So now this doesn't mean, as mentioned earlier, that we don't adopt the means that are at our disposal. Because we've been taught to use the means. So we'll adopt the means. If a person is sick, 
they'll take the medication. Person is hungry, they'll eat the food. Person wants to stay safe, they won't put their hand in the fire. Because dunya is a place where Allah has made this the system. But despite this system being adopted, the more important system is the unseen system. That rules over this system. One is the visible system, the system that we, we take to we adopt physically, and the other is the unseen system. The visible system is ruled over by the unseen system. When that unseen system comes in a person's favor, Allah will move the seen and the means in his favor. And if he is doing the opposite, then when everything seems to be in his favor, it will still turn out the other way around. So that is the most important part of it. This too will be adopted. But that will be the main thing. So in any case, Nabi Sassam said this to him, he left with it and got engaged in excessive recitation of La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah his wife is reciting and then he didn't even come back to ask now that one day is gone, two days gone, five days gone any news, what should else but Nabi Islam has given us a prescription that is it, that's what we're going to hold on to out of the blue one of the nights suddenly he hears a knock on the door he comes to the door to his utter amazement his son is there and then he looks out behind the sun, there's a whole herd of camels and goats as well. So he's completely shocked, how this happened, what went on here? So he says to him, well, there was a situation came up suddenly out of the blue. These people became unmindful of me and for whatever reason they at that time left him without being bound in any way. So he says, I found them neglectful, they were unmindful, they were busy in something. I got the chance, I escaped, and now it's a situation of war. We are at war with them, because it's open war, the Bushrikin. So, this was booty, this was now spoils of war. I saw these camels of theirs grazing, I herded of the camels and came away with it. Now, this was the outcome. Now, the question is, these people they captured this prisoner of theirs. He was a very big prize that they had now. They were probably going to now use him to get something out of the others, whatever the case might be. What made them get neglectful of him? This was a very big thing in their hands. How come that they just suddenly didn't realize what's going on and they became so sort of uh, in a lull and forgot what's going on and allowed the chance for him to escape how it happened it didn't just happen Allah Ta'ala made it happen Allah Ta'ala blinded them Allah Ta'ala caused their minds to get occupied so deeply in something else or put them in such a deep sleep that they didn't realize what happened they could have bound him locked him up somewhere put him behind some locked door for whatever reason they didn't feel they needed to do it because they thought they were so secure about it. Why they didn't feel so? Allah Ta'ala put it in their minds to forget about it. Why? Because the unseen means were now coming in favor of, of bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala and his son and everybody related. And Allah Ta'ala brought about this miraculous uh, release of his 
and on top of that with all these herds of all these camels which is a very valuable thing at that time now this was Nabi Sallallahu on this occasion didn't give any other prescription any other advice all he gave was this to tell us this give us this message that look all the other means are in its place but the most important means are this and while we will adopt the means at our disposal but if these means are not in place that will not be of any benefit to us it will seem like it benefit us but the very things that sometimes seem to benefit us becomes a means of harm so now we have to reflect very deeply on this deeply on the conditions that are around us and to what extent we have come onto this path of taqwa and sabr and turning to Allah wa ta'ala the situation that is around the world in the Ummad, the situation in Palestine, the situation in Gaza these are things which how much of time we have spent now just following news following social media and looking at this and that and the other but what has it helped us or anybody it's human nature, it's natural, we are concerned we want to know what has happened in terms of what is going on with our Muslim brothers and sisters and that is a dictate of Iman that we should be concerned about every Muslim whether we know them, we don't know them personally but the Muslim Ummah is one Nabi Karim says that Al-Mu'minuna kajasadin wahid entire Ummah is like one body anything happens to one part of the body the rest of the body is part of that pain it cannot divorce itself from that pain so now this whatever is going on is a very very painful thing for the Ummah but now the question is what did we do to help how did we help the situation now sometimes our mind goes only when you talk about help that financial help okay I will contribute something indeed whatever we can contribute to alleviate and and decrease the suffering of the Ummah in whichever way that we should do by all means and that is very very rewarding very beneficial for us as well and a very great means of bringing down the help of Allah Ta'ala Sadaqa Sadaqa is a means of protecting ourselves from bala from calamities from difficulties and Sadaqa in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Kareem Salaam says that Sadaqa it dispels calamities that are already almost there and dispels calamities that have not yet come also so we should make a habit of Sadaqa and daily even if just a rand or two also some amount of Sadaqa without fail daily there shouldn't be a day that passes and no Sadaqa was given as mentioned it doesn't have to be anything uh, beyond our means whatever we can comfortably manage but something daily even if it's just one rand daily too Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq that some sadaqa daily we could easily manage giving maybe 1000 rands in one day and then we'll give another 1000 rands next month rather than that split it over the give the 1000 if you want but give one rand daily also make it 1030 rands but daily some sadaqa so we should be doing all that as well but together with all that and more importantly is that we have to come onto a life of taqwa Make sincere Tawbah, Tawbah from all the sins and vices, Tawbah from all the evils that have crept into our lives, into our homes, into our societies. There are so many things that unfortunately make their way into our lives in such a subtle manner, we don't even realize what not we are getting involved in. 
there's so many sins that become the norm in society, become the norm in people's lives. So therefore everybody takes it very lightly, it's taken as something trivial. Allah forbid some don't even then take it as a sin anymore. There are sometimes things which are hard to think that how can this be? This is not the topic but just, just to digress a little bit. One person recently got proposed somewhere. So he only proposed. So now he was in his own jahiliya too. So now because he's proposed, so he went to visit the person he's proposed to marry. So now the whole family welcomed him. Parents also welcomed him. Now one uncle happened to walk in. Uncle saw him there and he now was shocked. How come this fellow is here? He's not married yet. There's no nikah here. But now he didn't know how to uh, just uh, now take it on. Well, it was a very clear cut thing, but nevertheless, for some reason, he, he didn't know what to say immediately. So in like a kind of joking manner, kind of joking manner, but he was now shocked at what he's seeing here. But now all family is around. So when he walked in, so he asked, met him, she said, oh, mashallah, you here also. When's the nikah? Now he was giving a message in this. That you're not supposed to be here till the nikah, so when's the nikah? So now he asked merely this question and made it sound like he's just asking in a light manner. So the parents of the girl were very offended by this. How dare you come and offend our guest and son-in-law to be? And this was a very humiliating thing to ask him that. How could you do this? Now can we imagine there's a blatant sin happening here and that blatant sin somebody in a he should have been more direct in fact but he now too, in a very, very subdued manner, brought the message across. That too became such a big problem, that the sin now is being defended in this manner. And now you try to explain to somebody like that, they can't understand. One person himself, he, mashallah, was firm on it, he got proposed somewhere. So now he's getting invitations from the in-laws to be, that well, you must come for meals tomorrow evening. Now he's coming to ask the question, but I know what's going to be the, question, the situation there. They're asking me to now come and join the family for supper. But now who's going to be serving me, I know. It's going to be still the person I'm going to marry. I have not married to her yet. So now, how must I go? And if I don't go, they're going to be very offended. So in other words, now he's worried now that it might just put the whole thing uh, in jeopardy. That they might decide to just break this off, that this fellow is living in some other planets. That he's finding this very odd, he can't come and visit now because he's not yet married. Now subhanallah, can we imagine what depths things fall to? That the sin, forget it being regarded as a sin, it's jahalat, complete jahalat and ignorance, but the sin is being defended, and if somebody else doesn't want to part, be part of that sin, then that person is the offensive party. That person is the problem. Now this is just some examples that came to mind now, but how, how bad it can get. Now when we then become engulfed in problems, whether in our own life, in our homes, in our families, then we're wondering now where it came from, and then sometimes we ask in a very ajeeb manner, I don't know what sin I committed. I don't know what sin I committed. Actually the way it should be expressed is, I don't know what sin I did not commit. 
because Allah forbid in some degree or the other it's almost any sin and every sin that something in some degree has happened. So the point is to come very very earnestly towards Tawbah, make sincere Tawbah, adopt a life of Taqwa, inquire from the ulama kiram build our knowledge of deen in terms of the basics of deen, what is halal, what is haram, what is permissible, what is not permissible, so we don't cross these lines, and turn to Allah Ta'ala in all earnestness, bring deen alive in its true spirit, our five daily salah, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, time for zikr daily, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub, it is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala through which the hearts get this contentment and peace and serenity, now we're looking for this peace and looking for this happiness in the heart in all kinds of things and all haram Allah forbid how can this haram ever provide any happiness haram is fire it's just that the challenge is of dunya is that we can't see the fire in it visibly but that fire it burns the heart we should not be thinking that this is well some these are realities this is something clearly expressed in the Quran and Sunnah we should become conscious of Allah Ta'ala have time in our homes for ta'aleem so that we can all become motivated towards amal, towards righteousness, towards salah, towards silat of the Qur'an Sharif, zikr, etc. Have dedicated time for dua. Now all these times we have been crossed in so many things, just reading news, talking about this and that. How many times have we made two rakats nafil, salatul haja, then raised our hands, made dua to Allah Ta'ala, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله we were discussing in that hadith sharif Nabi Kareem Salaam said to him excessively recite لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Mujaddid Al-Faisani Rahmatullah Ali a very very great personality we don't have time to go into the some details about him what a great personality he was his prescription his prescription was he was person that almost 350 years ago he lived in that time in that era so, his prescription was that any problem, any major problem, any big difficulty comes about, whether it's in a person's personal life, whether something related to his family, something in financial issues, whatever it might be, and whether it's a problem relating to the ummah at large. One of the very effective amal. Now, obviously, all this is on the foundation of the foundation of taqwa. Like now, somebody. Says the air conditioner, this is what a wonder, it will cool like you can't believe. But now, where is that air conditioner be? So, he's not prepared to build the foundation, not putting the floor down, not building the walls, just in open air, put the air conditioner on. Now, in open air, in the baking sun, and he's got the air conditioner. Now, if he's standing right close by to it, maybe some cool air for that little while will come, but he'll still get baked in the sun also. So now, he wants to really benefit from that air conditioner, build the house first. Build that room. And now in that room you put the air conditioner, now you will see the benefit of it. So now without that room in place, that air conditioner is air conditioner, but you're not going to get the benefit of it. So likewise, taqwa, taqwa is the foundation. On the found, that's the home. In the home of taqwa, we bring these amal alive. Then we'll see the coolness the coolness that will come into our hearts, the coolness that will come into our lives. So in any case, he gives this amal, that hundred times durood sharif. Hundred times durood sharif first, 
Even the short formula of Durood Sharif, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, hundred times Durood Sharif. Then, a hundred, after this, five hundred times, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Five hundred times, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And then a hundred times, Durood Sharif again. And then dua. So, if a person does it individually, very good. It's around collectively as a family. If four or five people in the home, surround collectively, three or four people surround collectively and do it as a family also, it won't take 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So, we can count it over seeds or something in some way that the number of 500 gets completed. So, 100 times Durood Sharif first, 500 times La Hawla Wa La Quwata Illa Billah and then 100 times Durood Sharif again. And then Dua. And make Dua for ourselves, our families, for the entire Ummah, especially the people of Gaza. Allah Ta'ala alleviate the problems that they are in, the difficulties. Allah Ta'ala grant victory to them. And Allah Ta'ala vanquish their enemies. These are the things now that are constructive for the Ummah. This is going to help us and help the Ummah. Merely just following the news all the time and our own analysis of it all the time, this doesn't help us and doesn't help them at all. But doing these amal, giving sadaqah, sadaqah with the niyyad that this is on their behalf. Dua for them, reciting Quran Sharif and making dua for them, doing these amal, making sincere toba and coming onto a life of taqwa. This is all constructive, this is beneficial, this is what will draw down the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. So if we are truly concerned, then we will, we will move in this direction, we will do these kind of things, we will get engaged in amal. And we will see the difference it will bring in our life as well. And it will bring the difference to the ummah at large. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the correct understanding that deen, deen has the prescription for everything for us in it. All the solutions are in deen. We're going to look for solutions in anything else than be chasing a shadow. There's nothing in it. It's just a deception. The solution is only in deen in coming back to Allah wa ta'ala, making sincere toba, adopting a life of taqwa, zikr, dua, bringing amal alive, inshallah we'll see the contentment, we'll see the peace that will come into our hearts, despite challenges sometimes. But we will see the peace, Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka shukru kulluhu, Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik, جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخف لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله almost merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all who may be in sins يا الله إله العالمين despite your countless bounties and نعمات showering upon us all the time يا الله يا الله we've been so ungrateful يا الله يا الله we used your نعمات يا الله to break your commands يا الله Allah, the food you provided for us, Ya Allah, the nourishment you gave us, Ya Allah, we use that strength in your disobedience, Ya Allah. 
Allah, if we didn't get food to eat for two days, we won't be able to look at anything, Ya Allah. Let us look at the haram. Ya Allah, you provided the food, Ya Allah. You provided the nourishment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, that nourishment came into our eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we used it in the wrong way, Ya Allah. That nourishment came into our tongues, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we used it for ghibat, Ya Allah. We used it to lie, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we used it to speak evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, such great crimes, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, this was such great ingratitude, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our sins, Ya Allah. Forgive our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. What we did deliberately or mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the pain and suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, the people of Gaza, give them afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove their pain, Ya Allah. Remove their suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant them izzat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them victory over their enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant the oppressors also hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring such a punishment upon them, Ya Allah. And wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you cause their own schemes and plans to work against them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make their schemes the means of their own destruction, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have kudrat over everything, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. It is our weakness, Ya Allah. It is our deficiencies, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, you gathered us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, to hear and speak of something that is related to Deen, Ya Allah. To talk about you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in this Mubarak moment of Jumu'ah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making Tawbah from all the sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making Tawbah from all the haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept our Tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making a firm commitment not to go back to it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we'll delete all the evils on our phones, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we'll stop all the music completely, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we'll stop all the looking at haram completely, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have made Tawbah from it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we deeply regret what we have done, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all your bounties, Ya Allah. And we have been involving ourselves in such sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. You grant us istiqamat on this Tawbah, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on this Tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our children the coolness of our eyes, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make everybody's children the coolness of their eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good things that Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for, Ya Allah. All your pious servants asked for, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are also asking for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever they sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Grant each one's jayas needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's anxiety, depression, sorrow, grief and worries, Ya Allah. Grant each one's heart contentment and peace and tranquility and serenity, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fill the hearts with itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fill the hearts with sukoon, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant afiyat in deen and dunya, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in deen and dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ 
ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله